It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Flippin' Bats. But this one, this one is live. What a day. Four games, nonstop action. Some of the action even overlapped. I was overwhelmed, but it was full of nonstop action, and I loved every second of it. I think this day, the day we all just watched, is, is the best day in baseball. It happens early on in the playoffs. Four baseball games in one day. I watched them all. I was right here in studio, locked in, watching all the baseball games on the big screen. It was perfection. It was the perfect day. So this episode is going to be so much fun. I'm going to go game by game, series by series, going in depth on them, talking about my players of the game, and also answering your questions. We'll try my best to answer your questions. So everybody that has submitted questions, thank you. And I'm sure I will get to them soon. But look, let's start with the first game of the day. This one started bright and early out on the West Coast. Well, I guess not bright and early, it was like 11 o'clock. But still, early for a baseball game, it was the Astros and the White Sox. The Astros came out on top, they won big. Look, let's just get the elephant out of the room here. I had the White Sox winning the World Series, okay? To win the World Series, they would have to win this series. Now it's 2-0 Astros. The series is heading to Chicago. Let me say this right now. This series is over. The Astros will win this series. I truly thought the White Sox pitching could come out and be better and shut them down, but it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. 2-0 um, and not, not looking good for the White Sox. It's been a little disappointing. They came out today. Today was a must win. I thought the Astros were gonna get, win game one. They did. I thought the White Sox could come out and win game two. And it was back and forth for a little while there. And then they just broke it open. Broke it open in a big, big way. 9-5 victory. Great defense from the, from the very start. First play of the game, Carlos Correa makes a sick play up the middle. Fires it to first. Jose Altuve's making diving plays. It was sick. Look, this is a lot about the Astros. They're up 2-0 as we head to Chicago. But one thing I have to say is that Luis Robert is a stud. Tony La Russa, who has been around the game for a long, long time, said recently he's the next Mike Trout. 
which I don't love that comparison for a couple reasons. Mike Trout's one of the greatest of all time. I find that comparison to be a little weird. Also, Mike Trout is still playing and still Mike Trout. So I, I don't know how that works. But this guy is a stud. He's been getting tons of He's really the only guy, one of, one of the only guys. Jose Abreu looked good today, but Luis Robert stepped up in a big, big way. He's, he's gotten multiple hits in, in every game of this series so far. I'm excited to watch this guy in the future, but you got to get a split if you're the White Sox here. You have to. They didn't. Now they have to win three in a row, two at home, and then they have to come back to Houston where they just, to be honest with you, haven't been good all year long. They're up against it, and that is why I am saying I believe the Astros are going to win this series and going to advance. Um, but look, player of the game, in my opinion, today was, today was a great game for a lot of people on this Astros team. They put up a bunch of runs. The player of the game for the Houston Astros was without a doubt Kyle Tucker. Friend of the pod, I might add, Kyle Tucker. A dominant day at the plate. And I believe I called this earlier on Twitter because Lucas Giolito, the starter for the White Sox, was also a friend of the pod. He strikes out the side in the first inning. I tweeted about it saying, you come on the show, you get good luck. That has proven to be more true than I could have dreamed. Seriously, you come on the show, you become great. I tweeted that and somebody said, but what about Kyle Tucker? Kyle Tucker was on the show too. I said, you're right, just wait. And what did he do? Well, he went two for four, three RBIs, a huge home run in the seventh inning, had a fantastic ball game. Player of the game, without a doubt, Kyle Tucker, friend of the pod. Great game for the Astros. I am saying right here, right now, Astros are winning this series. Great game for Houston as they head to Chicago. Uh, Kyle Tucker, by the way, coming off of the AL Player of the Month. I saw a cool uh, post-game interview from Carlos Correa, who talked about Kyle Tucker in depth, who's not a guy, when you think about this lineup, he's not even the, one of the first four guys you think of. You think Jose Altuve, you think Carlos Correa, you think Alex Bregman, you think Jordan Alvarez, you think Yuli Gurriel. At what point do you get to Kyle Tucker? Around five, six, or seven. Carlos Correa talked about that postgame and said this guy has consistently been one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He's the most underrated player in baseball. And by the way, I just had my most underrated players in baseball list last week. He was on it. Um, but for real, this guy has been the best player in baseball the last month of the season. He was the AL Player of the Month, and he just pulled it right on into the postseason. So if you get this kind of production out of your six, seven guy in the lineup, the sky is the limit for the Houston Astros. What a, what a, first, what a start to this series. What a first two games. And Kyle Tucker, player of the game in this series. So as I promised you guys, this show would be fun, interactive. You ask me a question, I'll answer. So we got some fan questions for you from this series. So let's see the first one. It comes from Allen. He says, will the Astros reverse the jinx by after losing to the White Sox back in 2005, the heartbreaking loss in the World Series? So, yes. Yes, this, I, this series is, in my opinion, this is too much to climb out of. I know they're heading home. I, I know they get to go back to Chicago and have a home playoff game, two home playoff games. But look, it's more than just it being 2 nothing for me. For me, it's now about Carlos Rodon, who was such a dominant piece in this rotation. He's, he's now a question mark. You know, he's, he's been so good 
But the last two starts, his velo's been down. He's now throwing later in the series. We don't know what we're going to get from him. I think this is over. It's too much. Even if they, even if they exhaust all options, go out there and throw everybody they can to win games three and four, they still have to go back to Houston for a game five, and they do not do well there. So, uh, yes, Alan, I believe the, the, the jinx will be reversed. Uh, Gavin asked, what were you thinking by picking the White Sox to win the World Series? Gavin, thank you so much for that wonderful question. Um, here's what I was thinking. I liked the way this team was built. Pitching, a great back into the bullpen, and a good offense. What we haven't even gotten to see is the back end of the bullpen. The offense looked really good today. But look, to be honest with you, the Astros' offense has just proven, at least so far in this series, that you're not going to beat them. Their, their great offense is going to beat your good pitching. And the problem is, Lance Lynn has not been good against the Astros all year long. He hasn't been good. So that right there probably should have factored into this decision at some point. And let me mind you, I picked the White Sox to, to win a long time ago. So I had to stick with them. Um, but Lance Lynn hasn't been good all year against the White Sox. And then today you get Lucas Giolito, who, to be honest with you, I thought threw really well. He did not have his stuff. The guy battled. Um, he, I, I, was really, I was really impressed by the outing he had. He clearly didn't have his A game. And he went out there and gave a few good innings and came out with the lead. Um, but to be honest with you, I think the Astros win it now. And I wasn't, I wasn't thinking right. It's fine. Next question. All right, this one comes from Oscar. You still have the White Sox over the Astros. I do not. I do not. I have the Astros winning this series now. Um, is that that is the last question from this series. So let's move on to the next game. And I was really looking forward to this series. Braves, Brewers. This, of all of them, is probably the most underrated, or, or not underrated, but I feel like when we talk about all the series coming out, this one hadn't been talked about a lot. Now, let me mind you, my NL pick to win, the, to get to the World Series, to win the NL pennant, is the Milwaukee Brewers. In large part, because of their pitching. And let me tell you about the pitching today. Corbin Burns comes out, a little shaky in the first inning, gets a huge double play, ends up getting out of the inning, and then shuts them down. Two hits, all game, dominates. This is a two-to-one ball game. Let me talk about the, the, the Braves for a second. The Braves have a guy on their team named Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson has proven to be so good in the playoffs that his nickname is Jocktober. Jock Peterson didn't start in this game. They end up losing two to one, and their one run comes from Jock Peterson hitting a home run. Jocktober. It's October. You get it? Jocktober, October. Why aren't we starting him? What are you doing? I promise you he'll start tomorrow. I feel good about him starting tomorrow. But now you're in a 1 0 hole in this series. I love the Brewers pitching. Corbin Burns dominated today. And on the playoff preview episode that just came out a couple days ago, I did a top five must-watch pitchers list. Must-watch pitchers in this year's playoff. Corbin Burns was number two. Number one was Max Scherzer, who threw great in the wildcard game. Number two 
was my man Cor Corbin Burns. He made me look great today. That's a big reason why I picked them in this series is because of him, because of how dominant he is. But look at this list. Max Scherzer, who threw great in the wild card game. Corbin Burns. Lance McCullers, who threw great in game one. This guy's nasty, by the way. Lance McCullers is a gamer. Lance Lynn, I put on this list, who didn't throw great in game one. But he's on this list because there's not a fierier, fierier, more fiery, more fiery pitcher in the game than Lance Lynn. So whenever he's out on the mound, you got to watch him. It doesn't matter if he does well or doesn't. He's going to come off the mound and he's going to yell at somebody. It might be the opposing team. It might be the grandma in the second stands eating a hot dog. It doesn't matter. He's got that much fire that he brings it every single game. And it's so fun to watch. But he didn't throw great in game one of the series. And Nate Eovaldi. This guy is one of the most underrated playoff pitchers, certainly pitching right now. But this guy isn't a household name. And he gets the job done in the playoffs. I mean, he threw in the wild card game, dominated, threw great. He throws again on Sunday. Now that now that the series is is 1-1, he throws again Sunday, but we'll get to that in a minute. But Nadia Valdi is a stud. Corbin Burns was on my list. He dominated today. He dominated the Braves lineup. The Brewers are up 1-0. And that leads me to my player of the game today. My player of the game in the Brewers Atlanta Braves uh, series opener is Corbin Burns. Dominated. Bunch of innings, two hits, bunch of strikeouts. This guy is a stud. Three walks, which isn't like him, by the way. He doesn't walk many people. Two of those came in the first inning. Remember earlier this year, he had the longest consecutive streak without uh, of strikeouts without a walk? Crazy. And then he walks two people in the first inning. He gets out of it, ends up going six innings pitch, two hits, three walks, six punches, Ball game. Braves win. They're up one nothing. Let's get to some fan questions from this game and this series. First of them coming from Joel Kenny. Does Hater have the best hair in the postseason? Do you have an all-hair team? This is a great question. This is a fantastic. This is the hard-hitting questions that I am here to answer on a night in and night out basis. So Joel, thank you for your question. Josh Hader undoubtedly has fantastic, fantastic hair. But let's look around the league. Let's look around. You have Randy Arozarena, Randy Arozarena, who's taking over October, by the way, back-to-back postseasons now. Taking over October. He's got this little, this like diamond-looking haircut. He's so cool. I can never dream of being that cool. Then you have Yuli Gurriel from the Astros. Who's beating that guy? La Pina. The hair's sticking up higher than, it's, it's two feet in the air. I love that. Look, I don't know if Josh Hader's hair is, is, is the best, to be, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if it's even that good. It's just long. It's messy. It's messy hair. So no. You know what? I'm going to say no. He is on my all-hair all team. He's going to be the closer. But there are, there are guys with, with better hair than him. So thank you, Joel, for getting in that question. Next one. Yes, another one from Joel, who asks all the right questions. Yes, Joel. What is the snack situation like? Does one have to prepare for this kind of binge watching? Great question. So I get here early this morning. I have four games to watch. I kick my feet up. I got, at, at times, two different games on the screen. 
there has to be, you, you have to, and I learned this from, from playing baseball professionally for five years, you have to get into a rhythm. You have to pace yourself. You can't, you can't bring in snacks and eat them all in the first inning, but you don't want to wait because you get hungry. So yeah, there are snacks involved and there's also meals involved. I was here for a lunch and a dinner. So you really have to pace it all out. Uh, lunch at a normal time, snacks not too early, not too late, dinner at a normal time, and then by the time you leave, you end up getting hungry and you can go grab like a McFlurry on the way home. But it's a very particular snack situation. So yes, thank you for asking that as well. Next question. This one comes from Danny DeVito. Fantastic name. Who has been the best hitter of the postseason so far? Whew. That's a good question. Um, a couple names come to mind for me. One, Kyle Tucker, who I mentioned as my player of the game in, in the Astros, um, in the Astros game today. Jordan Alvarez had a great game one. Uh, Randy Rosarina in game one of the, the Rays series was, was the Randy Rosarina that we saw and fell in love with last postseason. He puts on his cowboy boots, he marches around in his cowboy boots, and then he just blasts bombs. What's not to love about that? So he's certainly on the list. And uh, another one that we'll get to shortly came from uh, the Rays-Red Sox game. Kike Hernandez has been one of the best hitters this postseason so far for sure. So, Danny, thank you for that question. Joel, thank you for your hard-hitting questions as well. Let's get to the next series, which was Rays-Red Sox, that series I was just talking about. Look, to be the team on the road when your backs are up against it, you're the lower seed in a five-game series. You have to win one on the road. If you win one on the road, all the momentum swings back to you. All of it. Now you go home in a tie series. The momentum is yours. You have to win one of those two games. The Boston Red Sox had a statement game today. They didn't just win it. They dominated it. Tons of homers. Kike Hernandez. J.D. Martinez. Tons of them. Alex Verdugo. The list goes on. These guys came to play. Devers had one. I heard Big Poppy on the post-game show today, part of the Fox crew, say that he talked to Devers before the game. Devers clearly wasn't feeling great. He had a little ailment. We could see it yesterday. Big Poppy said he talked to him today. He talked to him this morning and said, when you're not feeling great, calm it all down. Be easy. Don't do anything violent. Make it easier on yourself. I think he did that. He had a great game. He hit a bomb. This Red Sox team made a statement today. J.D. Martinez with his first game back from the ankle injury. You know, what, you know when, a, when an ankle injury doesn't bother you? When you hit a bomb to dead center and you can trot gingerly around the bases, it doesn't matter if your ankle hurts. You can do cartwheels around the bases if you want. You can crawl. He had a great game. He had a double later in the game, ends up getting pinch run for because it, it got a little bit out of hand. This was a statement. I didn't see this coming. The series is now tied. All the momentum goes to the Red Sox. I'm excited to see what happens. Look, I had the Rays winning this series, but they made it interesting. If the Rays win this one, it's lights out. This series is over. But the Red Sox didn't just win it. They made a statement. Their offense, their team is built on offense. That's why I liked coming into this season, this Red Sox team, because they're more 
Their, their offense is better than, than people anticipated. I didn't think they would win the division, which they didn't. The Rays obviously did. But I like this team when nobody was talking about them because they just come at you with so many studs in the lineup. And today they just kept coming and coming and coming. Put up 14 runs. You can't beat that. That's what they're going to have to do to beat the Rays. That's what you have to do to beat the Rays. You have to put up more runs than, than, than anybody thought possible. Nobody saw them scoring 14 runs. So you heard it here first. To beat the Rays, you have to score more runs than them. And that's what they did today. They scored a bunch of runs. But before we move on to the player of the game from, from, this series, uh, from today's game, we got to talk about game one. When the Rays came out and dominated. You know who's becoming my favorite postseason player? You don't even hear much about this guy in the regular season. Then the calendar turns to October, and he becomes the greatest player ever. Randy Rosarena, in game one of the series, hits a bomb. He was marching around in his boots pregame. And we talked about it a lot last year because he kind of came and he kind of took the world by storm and became an absolute stud of this game, broke all postseason records. Any record you can think of, most postseason homers, all that good stuff, Randy Arozarena holds that record. He's an October player. He's a stud. And then we come into this series thinking, what are we going to get from him? Is he going to be that same guy? He hits a bomb, and then he steals home. The guy stole home. Left-handed pitcher on the mound, third baseman not holding him close, pitcher comes set, Randy Rosarina takes off home, dives in safe, electric, electricity. The trop was rolling. Nobody thinks of the trop, Tropicana Field, as, as electric. This guy makes it electric. In the postseason, this guy turns the trop into an electric factory. Last night was awesome to watch. This night, tonight, not so much. Red Sox win big leading to my player of the game. This one, my easiest decision. Kike Hernandez. I mean, five hits, three extra base hits, a bomb. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look at that. A, and the bomb was a bomb. Three RBIs. MLB tweeted out, Kike Hernandez shifted the momentum. That's what I talked about earlier. The momentum shift. This was Huge. This was a statement game. This is a series now. I don't know what's going to happen now. I got to stick with the Rays because it was my prediction. And But this is a series now. Now it goes to Boston. Now it goes to, now it goes to um, Nathan Eovaldi, who's a stud in the playoffs, as I mentioned earlier. He's on my top five must-watch pitchers. Watch out for these guys now because now they're rolling. So let's get to some fan questions from this series. First off comes from Ghost of Tows Hill. Ben Verlander, can we please have more bullpen games like this in the Rays Red Sox series? Please. <laughs> I don't know, I'll tell you what, this was exciting. Just a bunch of bombs. The Red Sox just, it didn't matter who the Rays brought out of the pen, you never hear that. The Rays, the Rays ended up going to the bullpen earlier because they are so confident in their bullpen. Everybody that comes out is a different look for teams. 
Everybody does different things. Everybody has different strong suits. That's why they're so good. They can match up so well with you. Everybody wonders why are the Rays so good? Well, one, their analytics, their analytics team is just better, to be honest, than anybody. They have a guy in the bullpen that can match up with any one, two, three in the lineup. It doesn't matter who's coming up. They have a guy that they specifically know they want to bring out in that situation. That's what they did today. They go to the bullpen early, think they can get the game back under control. It got out of control. So yeah, I'm all for bullpen games. We get to see good arms. And if any game, if the rest of the games are like this, I'd like to see it a little closer, but you know, I love me some offense. So thank you for that question. Next one. This one comes from Ahan. Ben Verlander, did you agree with the decision by Cash to remove Shane Boz from the game when he did? Um, yeah, I did. Look, he, he clearly didn't have his best stuff. This guy's going to be a stud. This was his third major league start, by the way. This guy's started in only a couple of major league baseball games ever. And now we're throwing him out in game two of a postseason game in October. So you don't really know what you're going to get. In my opinion, you kind of already have a short leash on him. Uh-huh. I, th I think going into the game, the second he takes the mound, you look for a certain few things here. You look for, does he have his fastball command? And he didn't. So that's immediately one key. Okay, he doesn't have his fastball command. Can he get out of things? That first inning, the Red Sox put up two runs, and then early in the game, he ends up getting a double play. And you think, is this going to settle him down? I know he's young. He's got a lot of potential. This is his first postseason start. The nerves are bumping. Can this settle him down? Can the double play settle him down? So you put him back out there, and it didn't. It didn't. He clearly didn't have his stuff. I think the nerves got to him a little bit. So I think Cash made the right call taking him out. And for the reasons I just mentioned, they, they're not scared of their bullpen. They're comfortable bringing guys out of the bullpen and getting to, to, to that next guy because they know they match up well with you. Today it didn't work out, but I promise you it will at some point in this series. So yeah, Shane Boz, going to be a stud, comes out early, uh, didn't have his stuff. Fastball command for me was a big reason why. You know immediately, let's pull him out. So thank you for that one. Next question. This one comes from William, Ben Verlander, and Flippin' Bats Pod. Thoughts on how the Red Sox bounced back when a lot of people said they'd get swept? Impressive is the word that comes to mind. This was a statement. This was an absolute statement. For the team, to the Rays, to myself, to fans of baseball. Because you're right. A lot of people thought this would end in a sweep. Well, I promise you it's not going to end in a sweep anymore. But this game was more important than just prolonging the series for another game. This wasn't a 2-1 ball game. This wasn't a 5-4 ball game. This was a blowout. And it matters. Let me tell you why this matters. Every pitcher that came trotting out of the bullpen today for the Rays that didn't do well, which is most of them because they got a lot of runs scored off of them, this isn't just about this game. This is about the, the, the next time those guys come into the game, the next time those guys take the mound. It's in their heads. Every single player that comes out of that bullpen that gets lit up today, it's a shot to your ego. Baseball is the most mental game in the world. Take it from me. I really struggled with it, to, to be honest with you. It was a big struggle of mine. I had talent. At times, I could go on tears when I was going on a tear. 
I felt like I was on top of the world. My confidence was sky high. But when I would start struggling, when I would have one day at the plate where I went 0 for 4, it would snowball. If I did it again and again, it snowballs. Your confidence, my confidence was shot. And that's what's happening here. All these guys, now it's in their head. The next time they have to face these guys, it's, oh man, the other day, I got roughed up with these guys. I don't, you know, they're on to me. Am I doing something wrong? So this was impressive. This was a statement. And this will not be a sweep. So thank you for that question, William. Next question. This one comes from the 2021 World Series champs. Whoa. We don't even know who this is yet. This is a great question. Ben Verlander, will the Rays arms hold up? And will the Strohs sweep? So two-part question. Let's start with the first one. Will the Rays arms hold up? Yes, but, I, but I'm worried now, in large part because of what I just said. Their confidence is, is not good right now, and they didn't run out their best arms today, and that, that's why I say yes. They didn't run out the guys that they can count on at the back end of the bullpen because they got a little out of hand, but now what worries me is, is the guys that threw today. That bothers me, but I do think they come out. I do think they settle down and end up uh, being the Rays. Look, the Rays, the Rays are the Rays. They, they never have those, that, that guy. I mean, they had Blake Snell, who's now on the team, not, not on the team any longer. They had Tyler Glass now, friend of the pod, who's, who's hurt and down with TJ. So they don't have that guy. I don't think they have the firepower on the mound to win the World Series. But I think their arms are good enough to hold up, certainly. Absolutely, I do. Next question is, will the Strohs sweep? Um, and, and I would answer, I think at this point, yes. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go out, on, out there making the biggest prediction in the world. I think the Strohs win the series, but I, I do think the Strohs sweep. I think it's 2-0 now. Today was a huge hit to the ego of the White Sox. It, it, it's tough. It's tough to bounce back from 2-0. Um, so I, I think they come out on, on game three and kind of lay an egg, and, and that worries me. So I do, I do think the Astros sweep. Next question comes from Meg Katie. Meg says, Ben Verlander, if the Red Sox were to advance, can they make a go of it without Chris Sale being Chris Sale? Can the offense produce consistently like they did tonight to account for this? That's a great question. Uh, thank you for asking that, Meg. I don't think in the playoffs you can rely on your offense doing this every game. And obviously not this. Obviously 14 runs is an anomaly, and you, you can't rely on You would never ask to rely on that. But, but can you rely on the offense to put up a bunch of runs? I don't think so, because look at game one. You know they don't score any runs. Now game two is a totally different story, but you can't rely on offense your whole way through. You need guys to come in, and step up and be that guy on the mound. And clearly right now, Chris Sale is not Chris Sale. And the Red Sox cannot win the World Series without Chris Sale being Chris Sale. So that really worries me. He had some really good starts when he came back from his injury, but the last few have really, really worried me. So um, thank you for that question. The Red Sox can, can advance without Chris Sale, but they need the offense to bring it for a few games, but they cannot get through the entirety of the World Series without Chris Sale being Chris Sale. So let's move on to the final game of the day, the Dodgers and the Giants. 
One of the best rivalries in baseball history, by the way. One of the best rivalries in history. Two of the oldest teams in the history of the game. And you know how many times they have faced each other in the postseason? You know how many games these teams have played each other in the postseason? Until tonight, zero. Tonight, game one that these two rivals have ever faced each other in the playoffs. The game was in San Francisco. The place was electric. San Francisco, the most beautiful ballpark in all of the land. It's on the water. You got the air horn going. Buster Posey hits a, a moonshot early to the right to right field. The Giants end up winning this game for nothing. I, I tweeted this, by the way. Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford hit a home run in this game. What year is this? Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, is it 2012 all over again? The place was going nuts. Buster Posey's home run, by the way, was crushed to right field. It hits off one of those uh, stacks, I guess. I don't even know what you call it. It's like a little column out there. So you have the right field wall. You have those stacks out there that the water shoots out of. Buster Posey hits one off of that. McCovey Cove is not too far past that, might I add. And that leads me to one of my favorite stats, one of my favorite most favorite fun facts in all of baseball, a right-handed hitter in all of the years that AT&T, Pac-Bell, Oracle, whatever you want to call it, it's a beautiful ballpark, in all of the years that this park has been around, not one single right-handed hitter has hit a home run into McCovey Cove. Not one that lands in McCovey Cove. Not one. And Buster Posey, tonight, in the biggest game in San Francisco in, in years against their hated rival, who everyone's saying they're the better team, you're going to lose, it's the Dodgers. They come out and make a statement, and Buster Posey almost hits the first ever right-handed home run ball into McCovey Cove in right field. How cool is that? Look at this tweet from MLB Stats. Buster Posey is the first Giants batter to hit a postseason home run in a 3-0 count since pitch data has been available. Pitch data has been available for a long time. Contrast that to what Walker Bueller said earlier, also a friend of the pod. He said, yeah, you know, I actually, uh, the walk is a tool of mine in the postseason. The walk becomes a tool of mine. If I, if I go down 3-0, the walk becomes a tool so that I'm not giving up postseason home runs. So the irony in this is that he throws him a heater 3-0 right down the middle, and the guy hits a home run, which is the first Giants home run on a 3-0 count in, in their postseason history. That's nuts. What a, this was a statement game for the Giants as well. We talk about statement games with the Red Sox. This was a statement game. They come out against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the favorite, the favorite to win it all. The Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series even when they have to play in a sudden-death, do-or-die playoff game because they're the Los Angeles Dodgers. On paper, they're the best team. They spend the most money. They have the best players. The Giants ain't having none of it, and neither am I. I picked the Giants to win this series. The Giants are slept on. The Giants don't get the love they deserve. I even tweeted out this early in the game. I said, it's, you know, it, it, I'm glad the Giants are doing this on a national stage so everyone, the world, can see just how good they are. 
just why they are so good. This is why. Logan Webb had a dominant start. Absolutely dominant. Pitches into the eighth inning. They end up winning the ball game 4-0. The offense hits a couple bombs. They shut you down. They play great defense. This is the San Francisco Giants. Great pitching, timely hitting, great defense. What more can you want? That's a recipe for success. Speaking of that starting pitcher, Logan Webb, let's talk about my player of the game from this game. And my player of the game for me was a no-brainer, and it is Logan Webb. He pitches into the eighth inning of the ball game tonight, seven and two-thirds innings, five hits, no runs, no walks, 10 punch-outs. In a postseason game, at home, all fired up against the Dodgers, 10 punch-outs and seven and two-thirds innings. This guy kept his pitch count down. I thought he was going to go, I thought he was going to throw a complete game at, at one point. I really did. I think he could have. Kapler comes out to a, a couple boos in the stadium at first, by the way. They wanted him to stay in, but he takes him out. He gets the out. Everybody's happy. Standing ovation for Webb coming off the field. They end up winning it easily in the ninth. 4-0 ball game. Giants win. Commanding 1-0 lead in this series. But before we move on to the fan questions, let me make this point. I said it earlier. All you have to do as the road team, as the, as the lower seed in a five-game series, is win that second game. Is win one of the first two games. That's all you have to do. That's all you want to do. That's the goal. Win one of those first two. Then you go home with all the momentum in the world. So tomorrow's a huge, huge, huge game. Giants got to come out. I'm sure they'll be ready. It'll be a very, very exciting game. Kevin Gosman on the mound for the Giants. Julio Urias on the mound for the Dodgers. So let's get to some of your fan questions from this game. Let's see. First one from Savor23. Ben Verlander, 163 games now, and people are still in shock of this team. SMH. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, the only people that are really still in shock are the people that don't watch the Giants. They just kind of follow baseball. They see the standings all year long. They see that they stayed ahead of the Dodgers, and they're like, yeah, the Dodgers are the better team, though. But they haven't been watching them. There's so many reasons that this team is dominant. We just had Mike Yastrzemski on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He talked all about it. He talked about the meaning of, of Gabe Kapler being at the helm, being the new manager of this team, what he's meant to the team, just how important it is, just how much he lets the guys be the guys. He puts them in a position to win. They won 107 times, a franchise record. In a year, they were expected to win 75 and a half games. And people still think, that people still undersell this team. People still don't give them the credit they deserve. So thank you for that question. They really should. They deserve more credit. And they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Just watch this series. Next question comes from Nathan. Ben Verlander, the Dodgers really going to lose to the ghosts of Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford? That's my thought watching this series. I, I love every second of this series because... This year has been the resurgence of Buster Posey, who sat out last year uh, when the players had the option to sit out because of COVID. Buster Posey, with a young family, sits out, takes the year off. He comes back and has a career year as a catcher, as an older veteran catcher. Comes back and has a career year. 
Brandon Crawford having one of the best years of his career. And now they're doing it in the postseason. For me, this one's really cool. This, this Giants team has been the cause of a lot of pain in my life. They beat, the, they beat the Tigers and my brother's team in the World Series. And, you know, these guys, these two guys you ask about, Nathan, were a big part of that. Back then, Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. And now they're producing on, on still the biggest stage, but just way later in their career. It's awesome to see. The place was electric. I loved those two guys being the ones that made a big difference in this game tonight. Because when you think of the San Francisco Giants, you think of Buster Posey and you think of Brandon Crawford. And they're getting it done in the playoffs. Thank you, Nathan, for that question. Let's get to the next one. This one comes from Fox Matthew. Not a question, more of an epiphany. If baseball is as truly a beautiful game as we all know it would be, the Giants will win the World Series in Fenway Park with Mike Yastrzemski on the field. How cool would that be? That'd be really cool. You know, the, I, I got to talk, as I just mentioned, to Mike Yastrzemski a couple weeks ago, and we talked about the relationship with his grandfather, Carl Yastrzemski, and just how good it is. Early on in his career, his rookie year, Mike got to be on Fenway, on the field at Fenway Park against the Red Sox, and him and his grandpa did the first pitch together. They, you know, one threw it to the other, and it was a really emotional moment. It was really cool. Gave me the goosebumps. That's not saying much. I get the goosebumps at a lot of baseball moments. I'm a sap. I'm romantic about this game. So sue me. But how cool would that be? I, it's not out of the realm of possibility, by the way. I think more so the Giants have a chance. I don't think the Red Sox will be able to get there. But look, we don't need to get too in the weeds about this one. You're right. Baseball has proven time and time again to be a romantic game. It's hard not to be romantic about baseball because stuff like this happens. Stuff like this. Stuff like the field of dreams. I walk off into the cornfield of Tim Anderson. He's trotting home and fireworks are going off in the background. Cool things consistently find a way to happen in the game of baseball, and that would be one of those cool things. So thank you for that question. Honestly, everyone, thank you for your questions tonight. You've gotten through all the games. This was an incredible day for me. It's, it's probably my favorite uh, baseball day of the year. You're guaranteed to get four postseason baseball games all in one day. Four games, lots of action, lots of fun. Playoff baseball, there's nothing like it. I got to sit right here and watch it, and then I get to do what I love. And what I love is talking baseball and making you guys enjoy the game and bringing my love and my passion of this game to you guys to you all, to everyone listening. It means the world to me. I love this game. I love you guys. I love everybody that listened. I love the day. It was an absolute blast. Thank everybody. Thank you everybody for tuning in uh, for the live edition, live special episode of Flippin' Bats Pod. Uh, if you don't, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Rate it five stars. Just scroll down, click five stars, leave a comment, follow along on Spotify. We do have social media. If you don't, follow along on all of our social medias. It's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. The episodes come out via video on YouTube. So check out all of that. Today has been incredible. I hope you all enjoyed it. I certainly did. And I will see you next time on Flippin' Bats.